As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. All right, so uh, we'll go ahead and get started if you're new here. Post any questions, I'll scroll, scroll through, scroll, through, easy for me to say, scroll through them, get to as many as possible. Um, this will be our Civilized Barking pregame podcast, our Friday live chat that we've been doing, I think, all but one of these Fridays, really, since the season started. So, just running everything down. Um, I'm off to Houston first thing in the morning. The Browns will fly there tomorrow afternoon. Um, it's a game I thought sized up as a crash down spot for the Browns, but CJ Stroud is going to miss it again. So, you need to beat Case Keenum flat out case Keenum was really bad last week um the texans got really fortunate and they won so they're playing for a lot too they're a totally different team they were a mess last year uh that was such a mess of a game in early december with watson's debut and and um, the browns were bad and the texans just kept laying the ball on the ground and donovan people's jones returned a punt anyway they're brand new but they don't have cj stroud so they expect to have nico collins back they won't have will anderson either um against the browns backup tackles you know, that is a big deal. But the Texans are in a three-way tie atop the AFC South. So anything can happen there. Um, they're trying to get in. The Browns don't officially clinch um, with a win, but they come darn close. I've been saying all along, 10's going to get you in. So, you know, it's like 80-some percent right now that they get in the playoffs. If they win, it moves to 96 or 97%. Um, and the official clinch could come next week when you play the pathetic-ass Jets. So, look... Um, Speaking of going back, we've been doing these. I've been saying a couple things. You don't want to waste this defense, and you don't want to waste this schedule. And the scheduling gods continue to be kind to the Browns with C.J. Stroud being out and then the Jets coming in on a short week. So, obviously, the Browns have had their injuries. They keep finding a way. Um, And when you look at this game, the first thing that jumps out is the Texans have really taken care of the ball and their winning turnover margin. They're the fourth-best turnover margin team in the league. The Browns have the most giveaways and are 28th in turnover margin, but they keep finding a way. So last week they created that magic. And they really made this a bonus situation, but I think they will win. I think they should win. Um, Flacco will be able to throw it as far as he wants to under that roof there. Uh, Amari Cooper's like a brand new guy. He's about to become the first Browns receiver to go back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. Um, Of course, Elijah Moore been involved. They got Marquise Goodwin involved last week. Njoku's on a tear. So... um, this offense is, you know, it's it's finding ways. 
The defense is plugging in new guys. We're not going to have Juan Thornhill again this week. Uh, you know, we're not going to have Delpit probably at all. Maybe if they advanced a round or two. So we'll see. Um, so again, we're trying to get to ten. Should be at eleven by next Thursday, which would have you clinched, and then the Cincinnati game would be bonus slash maybe keeping them out. Uh, maybe a spotlight game. You know, we'll see how that goes. It's it's too early to project anything, guys, because Miami is playing for the number one seed. But Miami's last three are Dallas, uh, the Ravens, and Buffalo. Miami not might not win again, and Buffalo could still win the division. You know, those three teams atop the AFC South. Realistically, the Browns are the five and playing at the AFC South winner, and that's the dream draw, right? But we don't know how this is going to go. So the Browns are just trying to win. They're trying to get that five. They're trying to finish in second in the AFC North. Uh, when you're talking Browns with your friends and family, at Christmas and talking next year, they play at Vegas for the first time. Um, the crossover games are the East winner comes home. So you kind of want Buffalo to win because you'd rather have Miami come to Cleveland than Buffalo next year. Uh, that's that's for sure. Either way, that sizes up as a potential national TV game. And then the road games um, of, of the three that are undetermined are at NFC South corresponding at AFC South corresponding. So it could be any of those three in the AFC South. Those are all winnable, and obviously Brown, most Browns fans hope that it's at Indy because um, that's an easy trip, and the Browns kind of took that over. Browns fans kind of took that over. And then we don't know in the pathetic-ass NFC South, all those teams are terrible. So um, will Baker be back in Tampa? Sure seems like it, and, and maybe we get that one. That seems like a Monday nighter, right? But it could be Tampa. It could be Atlanta. could be um, New Orleans. They'll, they'll all be different in some regard next year. They're all awful right now. So uh, what matters is Sunday. Kevin Stefanski's done a great job of that. Jim Schwartz has done a great job of that, right? The players have have handled it. They had a two-game – they lost both games on that road trip. They lost guys in the process. They, they've come back and handled their business. And, you know, just one more should be enough, too, certainly is. So I wrote this week about Stefanski being a Coach of the Year candidate. He absolutely should be. Um, you know, wrote this week about, you know, the rise of guys like Minjoku and JOK. Miles doing what he's doing. Um, the additions of Shelby Harris, right? Shelby Harris, Mo Hurst, Dustin Hopkins, um, Jaron Christian on Halloween. Like all of these guys, this is not, you know, it, the Browns finally had a knockout march because they got Oboe and they got Dalvin Tomlinson, and those guys are huge parts of the defensive turnaround. Then they got Z on a Friday night in, in May. But those guys have really been a part of it. Just the professional approach adding professionals and being all in. So we'll see, you know, where this goes. But I, I think they're going to be a team nobody wants to draw in round one. I think they're absolutely good enough to win one playoff game, and they're absolutely good enough to win these next two and make it official, and you guys should celebrate that. So um, let me see here. Question from Luke. Is Joe Flacco the closest QB Stefanski has had to Cousins since he left Minnesota? Was that part of the reason the offense is rolling? Um, that's a fair thought. You know, and certainly Flacco is a fit for this offense. It's his skill set. It's his history with Gary Kubiak, right? Who, who's this is Kubiak's offensive version of it that Stefanski prefers to run. You know, in, in the back half of 2020, I thought once Baker and and Kevin really got on the same page that the offense hit some new levels. It has not been at those levels again <laughs> until these last really couple of games, right? Um, and even that's been hit and miss, but. My God, can Flacco throw it? So 
no exaggeration when I say Amari's just walking around like a teenager who just got his driver's license in his new car um, for the first time. Like he, he's been completely unlocked. And, you know, maybe they don't lose that Rams game if Amari doesn't get concussed. I don't know. The Rams are a really good team. Uh, that was a valuable experience for the Browns. And, um, you know, it's not a game that's going to show up on any tiebreaker or anything. So they came back and they handled their business. To do what they did in the fourth quarter last week, obviously Flacco and Goodwin and Cooper and Njoku, right? But the defense just continually standing on its head and and keeping this thing alive. That That's really been the story. So credit to all of those guys, um, you know, for doing this. Yeah, I see some Browns have to capitalize this week. I agree. You know, don't don't lose the momentum. Don't leave it to chance, right? Um, other teams are going to win this week. That's how it works. Everybody plays. We're, we're at Christmas. There's no more bye weeks. You know, and Houston would really take a big jump if they could find a way to win with Case Keenum. I wouldn't think that Case Keenum has much chance against this Browns defense, but you never know. And turnovers are the great equalizer, and Houston's been really good at that. So um, they're expecting to get Nico Collins back. Who's, who's kind of having a breakout season. He's one of those big, fast, athletic receivers who was always a project. He was on bad offenses. Now, he took off with C.J. Stroud, obviously, uh, but he, he can make a difference. Uh, so we'll see. It, it, like I said, if the Browns just bring – and I know it hasn't been the same on the road, so let's note that. But if the Browns bring their normal defensive effort, the Texans aren't getting more than 10 or 13. So then you're just asking for two scores um, and, and win, win in this game. So – um, Eric says, was that the game Sunday? So I'll tell her, come out and get his ankle taped up, limp the rest of the game. Yeah. What's his current status? He's in practice. He never practices on Wednesday. Like a lot of guys don't, um, again, at this point I understand, but why would you be freaking out about the injury report? guys? <laughs> like this team keeps finding ways, right? Antonio's back today at practice. I, I kind of thought, you know, he's just an old man with a bad back. So I kind of thought of always, if it was a situation where he couldn't make it worse, he's going to play. The guy's missed one game in seven years. Um, but you can follow the injury reports, and they don't practice on Wednesday. Like, Teller and Njoku even haven't practiced on Thursdays. And Teller's had that calf injury two years in a row. I did see him limping um, after the game as well. But he's back on the practice field, and he's going to play. That's one tough dude. So, um, Cameron, this is an interesting one. It seems like there have been more personality-revealing anecdotes and social media clips from Stefanski this year. Do you think that's intentional or a byproduct of the good vibes that winning brings? Well, I, I can tell you the last thing that Kevin cares about is what goes on the Browns' social media, right? And, you know, that's couched a little bit by obviously they don't want some things out there. But winning gives more of those opportunities. Um, I think on the sidelines, some of those situations, I, I've told you guys before, Kevin is not the robot in, in real life that he makes himself be on that podium. Um, it kind of drives me crazy. I understand why, why he does it that way to an extent. Um, he's a dude's dude. He's a really cool dude. He's awesome to talk to away from the microphones. He's a real pain in the ass when on Wednesday, he won't acknowledge it. It's Wednesday. And you know, when it's a strategy thing, I get it. Otherwise he's just not doing it. But I, I don't think it's like a, a thing by design. I think there's been chances for him to say it. I think he's over there cussing out referees. I think he's over there hugging Schwartz and Van Pelt and letting F-bombs fly and saying we got this, like he and Van Pelt should, because they put in 100-hour weeks to set those up. And when it works and when he has a quarterback he can trust, you can throw it all over the yard, and they get the right situation, then they should celebrate it, right? So um, it's an interesting thing. And, and to me, it, it, it takes me a while to process, because when you watch a game on TV, you see 
different things, right? Um, but then that stuff starts making its way around social media. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think it's like intentional by Kevin at all. But I do think, you know, that he doesn't hate it, for one, that the organization doesn't hate it. And I think it, it's just more chances because of the way they've won some of these games and some of the they've gone. So anybody coming off an injury that may help us, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think Thornhill's season ending, so maybe he'll make a, his second play of the season at some point. Um, you know, the tackles are done. The offensive tackles are done for the year. Mo Hurst is done for the year. We don't know on Oboe. We, we don't know any details. They're hoping to get him back. Um, you know, the initial report was fearing a torn peck and he hasn't been in practice. He hasn't been seen since then. So we'll see. Uh, the receiving core is whole, right? They've had the tight ends. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, I don't think that there's anybody coming back. Now, There's they've got some guys, some of the veteran linebackers who play special teams and stuff. They've been. Uh, kind of in and out of the lineup. And, um, you know, obviously they've scrambled for any healthy body last week at D-line and um, at corner lately. But I think I think they're going to have most guys this week. I, I think Thornhill is the one name they're not going to have. I don't know on Anthony Walker because he has not practiced the last two days. He said he was fine, um, but he has not practiced. So, But as far as anybody else coming back, I don't know. That's a good question. Um can we secure the five seed with by going two and one? I think so. I think so, Mark. I don't. I don't have that in front of me. Um, but yeah, the the getting to eleven. I don't think anybody else is going to get to eleven. The Browns are a game ahead right now. So yeah, somebody could, obviously. Um, but like the Bengals are at KC next week, and KC needs the game. You know, um, if if the one is this, if one of those two this week is Houston, I don't think anybody's. Catching. We'll see though. We'll we'll see how that goes. Um, I, I don't know how much the five seed ma- I, I, I matters, right? I, I, you'd like it um, and see how it goes. And in a crazy, crazy situation where two, three, and four lose, um, you could host the second round as a five seed. So in that regard, I guess it does matter. But that's um, this team's goal has been to get in and then to be in as annoying as possible. And I think they're they're geared up to do that. So excluding Hopkins, Stan asks, Hey Zach, excluding Hopkins, who has been the biggest surprise impact player? Um, you know, his buddy, the punter has been really good too. I don't know if he's the biggest surprise. I'm going to say Shelby Harris. Cause I'm just going to be honest guys. When, when Shelby Harris was still available on August 10th, um, I just assumed that he was out of gas because the guy's been a good player on good teams for a long time. He was cut in March when Seattle had to shed salary. It was not a surprise. But he was an older player. Um, Seattle was remaking that part. I just assumed that he that he was not going to be, you know, he was just going to be a body. And the Browns needed a body at that point, a defensive tackle, right? Um, but, man, he's been good. And he's just an awesome attitude leadership guy. And they have hit home run after home run with that this year. Um, you know, the human side matters. They have done such a tremendous job this year starting with Schwartz and the guys he kept and the guys he brought on and into the players of getting guys. I mean, this defensive line group, they really like each other. And it, it, I, I don't need to explain it to you guys that it shows on Sunday because it jumps through your TV screen. You certainly see it if you come to the games. But this D-line group likes each other. And so, Hurst for nothing, Shelby for nothing, to go along with Oboe and, and, and Tomlinson, and then bringing those young guys along. You know, Alex Wright's made four plays in his career. Three of them were last week. <laughs> Right. So that's, that's positive. That's, that's, that's a good thing. 
So I would say I would put Shelby up in that in that category. That's a good question. Uh, any update on Chubb? No. Um, he was at the game last week. He did not have crutches. But Nick Chubb's least favorite thing in the world is to talk to the media when he has to, and he refuses to talk to talk to us or even acknowledge our existence when he doesn't have to. So, don't know anything there. I mean, he just had two major knee surgeries. It's going to be months before we see anything there. Uh, question: Any concern that Schwartz will be a one and done? No, I don't. Um, I won't be stunned if he gets an interview. Um, I think it's probably more likely that Bubba Ventrone gets an interview somewhere, but I don't have concern that Schwartz is going to be done. I, I, I think the league guys hires younger offensive guys or they hire, um, you know, the Jim Harbaugh's of the world. I, I don't think that Schwartz, now would that be a significant loss for the Browns? Yes. Has Schwartz been awesome? Yes. From day one and in the games and adjusting to having to play undrafted rookies at safety. Yes. But I, I don't think he's going anywhere. We'll see. Um, Steve, I noticed you picked the Browns to lose Sunday. Yeah, so let, let me explain that. There is an app that we use for our picks across the board, um, and we put them in on Monday or Tuesday. This is just me and the other athletic writers, and I thought with C.J. Stroud the Browns would lose, but I have very clearly picked the Browns to win as soon as that was was clarified. So um, the Browns are due for a letdown, right? But um, And the Browns' defense has not been the same on the road, but I think the Browns' defense will dominate Case Keenum. So, yeah, so I've... I, that picks in, um, but everything I've written since and, and talks about, I'm picking the Browns to win. Um, are the odds above zero, Mitch asks, are the odds above zero the Flacco's back next year? Yes, they are. This is a complicated thing. Um, you know, Flacco turns 39 on wildcard weekend. Nobody else called him. Um, we're not at the finish line yet, and this team is heavily invested in Deshaun Watson for many reasons, but obviously the contract, right? And, and how every decision is based around that contract and how they need, because that contract is fully guaranteed for injury skill and everything else, how they need that. Would it be delicate? Um, would you be taking a gamble on a 40-year-old quarterback? All of those things, yes. Um, Joe Flacco gets you to the divisional round of the playoffs. Joe Flacco runs the offense better than anybody has in years. It's going to be hard. We're going to see what happens there. Um you know, I, I I understand the the delicate items involved there, and I understand how that would go. It would be hard to tell this defense that you're not bringing Joe Flacco back if this continues to go the way that it's gone. But Deshaun Watson's your quarterback, for better or worse. <laughs> um, Deshaun Watson's probably not going to be in the offseason. So, you know, we'll see. Could you pull the plug? See, see what I mean when I say all these multiple delicate things? I don't know. There is a chance that he's back. But I would say probably not. And obviously that's interesting. Um, so I can't assume any backup is going to crap the bed. Yeah. I mean, in case Kim, look, the guy's played in 80 games. We know him here. He's played an NFC championship game. He's come in and won games for the Browns. He came in and won a game for the Texans last week, even though he was awful. So, you know, we'll see, but he, he's just, he's not dynamic. Um, He's not going to sit in the shotgun and bomb it the way Stroud was. And he's not going to get away from anybody either. And that's a big thing against this, this Browns defense. So we'll see. Um, Christian asks, if Stefanski was given truth serum, would he admit that he'd prefer to have a QB like Flacco next year instead of being stuck with Watson? Um, Christian, I understand why you would ask. <laughs> the answer is, to me, 100% yes. But, uh, you know, he didn't make that decision. So um, we'll see. 
Uh, Ryan asked, Packers over Panthers or Bears over Cardinals for Survivor pick? Yeah, that's that's an interesting one, too. Uh, the, the pressure of Survivor got to me around Thanksgiving. I knew I wasn't equipped to deal with it. Um, it was like I was back in high school missing those free throws with 22 seconds left. So I just went ahead and bowed out. I would go against the Panthers, especially coming off a win. But, man, good luck to you. And you're pretty good at this if, if you're still alive. Um, is it possible that Delpit plays the first playoff game? I, I don't believe so, but I, I it's not ruled out. That's when he would be eligible. Um, I'm thinking that he had sports hernia surgery, uh, which has generally been six weeks. But we'll see. Um, you know, he would want to. But, you know, that would be the first one back, and that would be exactly four weeks off of the surgery. So I, I don't – I wouldn't count on it, but I, I don't know. Um, question from Mark, how long we stuck with Watson? Three more years of fully guaranteed contract. There's absolutely nothing they could do with it over, before the last two. I mean, they can kick it down the road. They can create – they can restructure it and pay for it later. But he's he's under contract, fully guaranteed for three more seasons. Um, any chance Joe Thomas wants to come back? Nope, nope. Joe Thomas weighs less than I do at this point. Um, who will be the first cap space casualty after the year? Uh, Jordan Akins is the easy answer there. They structured it as such. Now he's, he's a, the third tight end. Um, you know, I don't know who, who it's going to be. And, and the fact that they signed Delpit, you know, was a pretty strong statement to me. Um, that's an interesting question because the cap casualty is not a free agent. That's not got brought back. So that's Anthony Walker, right? That's Mo Hurst. Um, that's Harrison Bryant. You know, these guys are, are headed to free agency. Um, obviously, the big ones, guys, are Conklin and Chubb, who Chubb doesn't have guaranteed money, but he has a guaranteed cap hit. Um, Conklin has guaranteed money. And Amari doesn't have guaranteed money, but he either costs you $23 million to play for you or eleven to not play for you. And he's far and away your number one receiver. So you need him back even for his age 30 season. So. That's an interesting one. Um, you know, Teller's money's guaranteed. Betonio's money's guaranteed. Um, you know, assuming they can do some restructures um, with Conklin and Chubb, and then general restructures, you know, on guys who are coming to the end of the contracts, they could still have enough to to be fine for the short term. Um, now, JOK's extension eligible. Newsom's extension eligible. Eligible. Delpit got his. Um, Jed Wills is $15 million guaranteed, fully guaranteed next year. And you don't have a first-round pick to address your tackle thing. So you're going to be picking late in the second round, and you have glaring needs at receiver and offensive tackle. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, these are smart guys, and they've been planning now for years, even before the Watson um, thing became official for a cap that was continuing to go up, which is why they've done some of the restructures they've done pushing Miles and Joel's and Najoku's money forward, but also being prepared for when they were paying a quarterback real money. Um, so we'll see, you know, how that goes. Um, the focus right now is on, on seeing where the season rides and then, and then going from there. Um, will anyone on our current staff be considered for a head coaching position? I, I kind of touched on that. You know, Schwartz might get an interview. I would be borderline stunned if he gets hired, even though he's an amazing football coach, they're hiring young offensive guys. I do think Bubba, has a chance to get interviews in other places. He's a former player. He's, he's in his low forties. He's, um, you know, doesn't have come from one coaching tree. He's done a, a wonderful job here, but does he get one? I don't know. No, if there's only three or four open jobs, no, Bubba's not getting one because 
Harbaugh's getting one and Ben Johnson's getting one. And there are other coordinators around the league who are getting one. Um, you know, does Bubba get one in a couple of years? We'll see. You know, would the Browns like Glenn Cook or Catherine Rach <clears throat> to get a GM job because then they'd get two third round picks? Yes, they'd love that. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, question about slipping Dewan on the line. You know, I don't know. I do think that's a possibility, but I don't know. That that's for Bill Callahan and Kevin, and that's for way after. That's a very valid question. Um, combine time, but you know, I can't answer that for you on December twenty second. You know, Dewan is a great find, and the Browns believed in their research there. But you know, he has a knee injury. He weighs almost four hundred pounds. That's that's going to be a concern going forward. Um, but is there a chance that he develops into a Pro Bowl type player? I think we all saw this year that there is. I just got to keep him healthy. Um, and, and we'll see how that goes. Um, I think that's, uh, that's covered. I, I got to roll guys. Um, so listen, appreciate you guys coming in. You know, I expect the Browns to, of course, I, I don't expect it to be easy, but I expect them to win 20 to 13 ish. I don't think the Texans will score unless the Browns hand them points the way they did last week. Um, I don't think it'll be an official clinch, but I think that'll come next Thursday. The jets are pathetic. They're waiting to be put away. And um, you guys have waited for this, so you should get to celebrate at home. So thanks for reading. Thanks for uh, tuning in here, sending the questions, engaging all season long. So I got a new article up this morning. Uh, Check that out. Stefanski will talk in like 20 or 30 minutes. Um, There'll be an injury report, all of those things. Again, I don't think there's anything pressing. I think as long as Joel's back is fine, he's going to play. Thornhill's not going to play. and uh, we'll, we'll see from there. All right, you know, Anthony Walker, I, I don't know. I thought he was going to play, but two days of practice, maybe he's not. So uh, thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, hey. hey, football fans. This is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.